Our second lesson comes from the book of Esther, chapter 4, verses 4 through 17. When Esther's maids and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to attend to her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what was happening and why. Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther, explain it to her, and charge her to go to the king to make supplication to him and entreat him for her people. Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and gave him a message from Mordecai, saying, All the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone, may that person live. I myself have not been called to come into the king for 30 days. When they told Mordecai what Esther said, Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows, perhaps you've come to royal dignity for such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. The word of the Lord. Please bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, let these words serve you and serve the people of this congregation. In your name we pray, amen. Hi, my name is Bib Albright. I'm a senior at Mount Brook High School. Throughout my lifetime, the rapid change of society can be described as nothing less than chaotic. When I was in elementary school, I once begged my dad to buy me a flip phone, never imagining in such a short time I would have a phone that can recognize my face. However, on the surface, my life has been relatively consistent. I've lived in the same house for about 15 years, seen the same faces at school for 13 years. Heck. I've ordered the same toppings on a cheeseburger ever since I can remember. But nothing has been as consistent as my life in the church. I was baptized here, grew up going to the 11 o'clock service on Sundays, went to youth group every Sunday when I got old enough, and never missed an Easter or Christmas Eve service. My faith had always been rooted in the church, never really exploring God on my own, as young kids usually do. It wasn't until eighth grade where I really started to explore my faith on my own. Many of my classmates had started to attend a local ministry before school, mostly for the free breakfast. I signed up for their fall retreat because all my friends egged me on so much that I practically had to go. But what I experienced was nothing short of extraordinary. Still to this day, I remember, feeling, I remember the feeling of 100 middle schoolers praying in chapel and the Spirit of God filling my soul for what seemed like an eternity. God was able to shift my perspective on life, just as the words from the verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 states, saying, Do not be conformed to the world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and what is the good and acceptable will of God. I began to see the value in every interaction that by building others up through acts of kindness that I was following the will of God. Afterward, my life seemed to be on a path as straight as an arrow. I was doing well in school, succeeding in track, and I was happy until that fateful March in 2020 when the world came to a standstill. In the confusion, I was in denial, treating it like a brief hiatus that would end in a few weeks at the worst. But as quarantine became more like hibernation, I grew frantic for connection. In my desperation, people distanced themselves from me, make, making me even more desperate until friends were few and far between. My life was growing darker and darker, and there didn't seem to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I was lost. I had so little motivation to do anything, and I suffered because of it. Until all of a sudden, I began to pray at random. I still don't fully know why I, start, I began to pray, but I know that as I prayed, I felt the, God's voice call to me through the darkness. As I prayed, I felt myself draw closer and closer to God and began to climb out of the deep valley that I had dug for myself. We know that God will never stop loving us, even when we are at our lowest depths. The love of God, the love God has given me, not only aided me during the dark times, but has been there for me during the good times too. And as I move beyond high school into the unknown realm of college, I know that God will be there with me every step of the way to guide me down the right path. And as you all go into your lives, I know that God will make it known to you that you were born for a time like this. Thank you. Dear Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen. Good morning, my name is Ivy Cobbs, and I'm a senior at Mountain Brook High School. I've been waiting for that title for quite some time now. I've spent the last few years dreaming of senior year when I would finally know where I'm going to college. I'm still waiting to hear from a few schools, but I know that I'm a little closer to having everything figured out than I was last year or two years ago. At least, that's what everyone tells me. All your questions will be answered soon, don't worry, you'll be happy wherever you end up. Trust me, I know it. It's not that I don't believe these things, and I truly appreciate everyone who says them, but it can be hard to find comfort in these words of encouragement when really all I can do right now is wait. I think this sense of anticipation is familiar for many of us. Even when we're busy, there can still be this feeling that we need to be preparing ourselves for the next season of our lives trying to time everything perfectly. As someone who has grown up at IPC, I've always had plenty of leaders to look up to who have all been older than I am. I often felt like I needed to wait for the right time or be a certain age before I could approach religion the way the older people did. But Job chapter 32 verses seven through nine reads, I thought age should speak, age should speak. advanced years should teach wisdom but it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. I first stumbled upon this scripture while writing a devotion at camp. I thought these verses would provide encouragement for young people trying to grow in their faith, but really people of all ages could use the support. Growing older can help you gain confidence, 
but is there any age when people really feel like they've achieved understanding? Like they've got everything figured out? Let me know if you do. I'd love to hear your secret. These verses from Job help us rest in the knowledge that God is with us at all points in our lives. No one is too old or too young to know and understand him. Through all stages of life, God is there, asking us to trust his timing. This is often really hard, since God's timing is pretty rarely our timing. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. From the scripture, we learn that God will give us the strength we need to make it through the challenges that await. We'll be happiest if we cast away our worries about the future and let God take care of them. Instead of spending precious time trying to control the outcome of college plans, grades, or jobs, God hopes that in Him we find enough peace to slow down and appreciate the present moment. Personally, I struggle with this sometimes. I have a habit of taking photos of everything I find beautiful in hopes of preserving the feeling it gives me so perhaps I can look back and enjoy it later. Every sunset or fresh plate of food is so photo-worthy I just have to capture it. I always end up with a beautiful photo that I'm glad I took, but it can become a bit of an obsession preventing me from fully appreciating a moment of beauty as I'm living through it. Isaiah 43 verse 2 reminds me not to worry about saving things for the future and to enjoy them as they come. It's not always easy to be present, but it's necessary in order to feel God's presence. And I'm sure we all feel it in different ways and at different times. Maybe in a stranger's smile or a family reunion or a beautiful song. For me, encounters with nature often make me feel closer to God especially one during a trip I took last summer through my camp. With two guides, 17 other counselors in training, and one disposable camera, I got to hike through Pisgah National Forest for six nights. One morning, we woke up at 4 a.m. sharp, and after stumbling out of our tarps in the dark, we began a steep hike to the very top of Mount Mitchell to watch the sunrise. Climbing up a rocky trail in the dark, trying to ignore my blisters, was not exactly how I wanted to spend my morning. But as soon as we reached the top, it was all worth it. My group sat huddled in sleeping bags, in silent awe, watching the sun slowly turn the sky from orange to pink to blue. Watching the sunrise from the highest point east of the Mississippi, I remember thinking, this is definitely the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I wanted to capture it somehow, but with my camera back at the campsite, I was forced to take in everything I could before it was gone and appreciate God's presence there. Not everyone on the trip loved spending a week in the woods, but all of us loved being in that moment. We knew that after all the challenges we had met during the trip and everything that had seemed to go wrong, we could still feel God keeping us safe and we knew he had prepared us. I was, I was reminded to look for that comfort in all areas of my life, both during times of peace and during challenges. When we do look for God in all these different moments, we notice that he's always there for us, sometimes in unexpected places. And by paying attention to God's timing and where it places you, 
you'll find that you really were made for such a time as this. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Hattie Donovan, and I'm a senior at Hewitt Trustful High School. I still can't believe I've made it this far. I vividly remember looking up to seniors, thinking that they had their whole lives put together. Spoiler alert, we do not. Sometimes it feels as if all I do these days is count. Counting how many minutes I have to sit through a lecture at school, counting how many days I have until graduation. It's 72, by the way. And even counting how many wooden boards are on the ceiling in the sanctuary. I know we have all done that one before. While counting can be entertaining to pass the time, it normally stresses me out. Young people tend to count and compare how many likes or views they have on social media, thinking it will make a difference. It's taken me a long time to realize that it truly doesn't. My grandfather, Felix Yarbrough, who I'm sure most of you had the pleasure of knowing, was probably the only person I've ever known to not compare himself to anyone. He lived to serve others, whether it was making flower-shaped sandwiches with no cheese, because I don't like cheese on my sandwiches, or being a friend to somebody who had none. I love and miss him every day, and I know that my poppy is listening to me right now. While his death brought me closer than ever to God, my journey with God has been interesting, to say the least. My parents moved my sisters and I many times throughout my childhood, and my mom loved IPC too much to go to anywhere else for church. We would visit for Christmas and Easter, but I never thought much of it until we moved back to the Birmingham area. For a long time, I loathed church. It wasn't until 2021 when I truly started to believe and listen to what Jesus had to say. Now I'm more Christian than ever and also happier. I also truly understand what it means to live in his word. It means to treat everyone with the same selfless kindness that Jesus did, which has really opened my eyes and helped mold me into who I am today and what all I stand for. IPC's youth program has been on a wild ride since I joined here, but each youth leader has helped shape me into who I am today. And I'm eternally thankful for Catherine Goodrow, Susan Dukes, Cammie Ashworth, and all of the amazing volunteers that have put up with our collective craziness. This time in my life and all of my fellow seniors' lives is awkward and uncomfortable. What feels like hundreds of people asking me if I have my entire life mapped out yet, and even more so trying to convince me of different programs to join when I do go to college. I still don't know whether to be sad to leave my high school days or excited to start my adventure at the University of, the, of Montevallo, but I do know one thing, I am terrified. Before COVID, I was ecstatic at the idea of moving out, but once quarantine quite literally forced me to grow closer with my family, I don't know how I'm going to lead them. Despite my fears and insecurities regarding my future, I am oddly calm. I think this is because I know that God works in mysterious ways and that whatever I go through, I will grow through it. Esther 4 verse 14 says, perhaps you were born for such a time as this. Perhaps I was. People focus on the possibility of perhaps I wasn't, but that's not what God is about. He wants us to know that even if you are going through what seems like the worst thing to ever happen, he does it out of pure love. That was one thing that took me the longest to understand. And many ask, if God loves us so much, why do bad things happen to good people? My answer is simple, because you can't get better if you don't hit rock bottom first. 
I'm eternally grateful for how at home I feel here at IPC. I love being active in the church, if you can't tell from my singing, playing, and preaching in one service. I feel the Holy Spirit moving through me every time I carry that cross down the aisle, which was dedicated to the church by my grandparents in honor of their daughter, Laura Knoll, who passed away in 1973. My mother grew up in the house right behind the church, and my grandfather was the director of community ministries here for a large majority of his life. IPC has made its mark on my heart, and the warmth I feel when I enter the most beautiful sanctuary in all of Birmingham is unmatched to any other. Many people tell me I'm very mature for my age, very in touch with my emotions. Job 32 verses 7 through 9 says, I thought age should speak, advanced years should teach wisdom. But it is the spirit in a person, the breath of the Almighty, that gives them understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the aged who understand what is right. This perfectly phrases the age does not define who I am, but it certainly influences me. Sure, I might be great at talking to adults, but can I do taxes? Absolutely not. And that's okay. I don't have to have my entire life planned out. That's God's job. I need to stop counting. I need to focus on what is at hand, for if you live in the moment, you appreciate what God has done in your life so much more. If I continue to count how many bad days I've had in a week, then I don't appreciate how many good days God has given me. If I continue to count how many times it says the Lord on the stained glass in the sanctuary, then I don't appreciate the sermon or verses of scripture being read and proclaimed to me. This time in my life is confusing and full of uncertainties, but I can power through. I don't know what God has in store for me, but neither does anybody else. While we may all have different opinions and experiences, the unknown is what draws us together and gives us our humanity. We can all agree that God loves to throw curveballs in our lives, but it's those curveballs that shape who we are and what we believe. I may not know much, but I do know one thing. God is here. God is everywhere. All you have to do is look for him. Thank you.